You are welcome to Faith to Faith broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Taking the message of faith around the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you. We thank you. For this hour, we thank you for this moment. Thank you for what you propose to do in our lives and our ministries. I pray that everyone will live here with their own word from her God, with their own light, with answers to their questions. Father, let something be added. Let something be multiplied. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Hallelujah. Appreciate the music team. Amen. Bless them. God bless you. Hallelujah. Are we ready? All right. You know, some of these conversations are very important. There are certain things that you might not on your own think about until someone asks a question. So something questions do to us. They make us begin to see things from a different perspective. And in ministry... You can't do beyond how you see. Amen. Are we together? Every book written, every message preached, shows you what someone saw. Amen. Are we together? So, you might have written a book on John 3.16. And someone else writes a book on John 3.16. And you read it. That book will show you what the person saw. Amen. That might, might add to what you already have seen. And now you see more. And you see better. Jesus said, if your eye be single, he said your body will be full of lights. What he's trying to explain there, of course, is focus, but he's talking about how what you do will be aided with so much light. Glory to God. So the decisions you are making, they are based on lights. There's no um, ambiguity about what you are doing. And I believe that more than ever, we will be doing ministry with precision. And we will achieve more. With less time and less energy. Amen. Are we together? He said, if the axe is dull, you need more energy. Is that not so? So, but if it's sharper, one sweep, the wood is gone. So, God wants us to be able to achieve more in a year than some of us have been achieving for three, four, five years. 
And so precision comes to your spirit. You will do ministry with greater precision. In the name of Jesus Christ. This thing we're doing here will sharpen you. Glory to God. You know that the scripture also refers to us as instruments. Are we together? So we are sharpened. And we can achieve more with less energy and shorter time. Praise the Lord. Alright, this um, particular session, I had in my heart to share. But before I get into what I, I want to share, I just want to put out some things. I will likely talk about this in the evening. But um, this month's March, we're ending a quarter. Um, next month, in the month of April, Faith to Faith Bible Academy is kicking off. Amen. Uh, but we're kicking off with short causes. Amen. Alright? Short causes. Um, that will run for three to six months before we start full year courses. Alright? So the short courses will be running last weekend of every month. Monday through to Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 noon, registration is required, it's not free. Amen. So, um, the short course is, it will come up on social media, maybe tomorrow, the day after, and so you still get the full information. Topical courses will be taken um, monthly, um, things that you will need, praise God. All right? So, um, you hear more about that. I just wanted you to know. Amen. So, in April, Faith Fit Bible Academy officially um, kicks off. Hallelujah. Well, I've looked forward to that. And um, it means many things. When it starts, you understand. Amen. Alright. So, back to what we have for today. I want to share with you what I titled Staying Power. Everybody says Staying Power. Glory to God. Staying power. For a long time, these things will be helpful to you. So I'll just give definitions, background, so that you understand where we're talking from before we start getting into, and I will go as far as I can go today. Hallelujah. The concept of staying power. Okay, let me read the scripture first. All right, Colossians 1. Let's look at verse 9 through to 11. I just read that. You know, there are some prayers we pray, and uh, we might not understand how deep the prayers are. Okay? Colossians 1, verse 9. It says, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Next. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now verse 11 is where I'm going to. 
feel right. Then you will understand it better. Remove according to his glorious power. Amen. Are we together? Just assume that it's not there. So we're going to read it without according to his glorious power. You see how it's clear now. Let's read. One to go. Strengthen with all might unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Is it getting clearer now? Read it again. Want to go. Strengthen with all might unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Amen. That means this strengthening with all might will produce patience and long suffering that is carried out with what? Joyfulness. That means this. You know, when you see suffering, Long suffering. You think about sorrow. But there's a, there's, there's a different perspective of the kingdom concerning patience and long suffering. He says that there's patience and long suffering that is with joyfulness. You are waiting, but you are happy. Glory to God. Are we together? It, the thing has not happened, but you are excited where you are. Now, that might, that strength, that is from within, that keeps you joyful, is staying power. Amen. Are we together? Staying power. And Paul told them to pray that they will be strengthened with all might. He said they should pray for it. Hallelujah. Because it's possible for them to get to a place where they are weak from inside. They are no more excited about doing what they are doing. There are so many things that Paul understood. And his play on words was just so amazing. You know, when we, when we, in English, when we say, we, we use one word to explain so many things. For example, you want to talk about electricity, you call it power. You want to talk about someone in government, you say he's in power. Are you understanding me? You, you know, you use power, you know, in ways you say, ah, no, 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 that, uh, that, this person is a powerful person. The, the way we talk in English. But the Greek is more detailed. Okay? And there are many words which sometimes in English, for lack of better translation we see be translated as power are we together the most common one we know is exousia exousia is authority but it's different from power when we say power talk about dunamis okay it's different from power anointing power <laughs> man of god <laughs> anointing power it's different from anointing power amen all right exousia is authority the same way a policeman can stop a vehicle 
You understand that? And the, because of the uniform, the guy will stop. That's authority's exercising. Now, Paul had other words apart from exousia and dunamis. Alright? He had other words to describe what we will still call power. Are you understanding me? He had iskus, kratos. He, when he talked about force, he used another word. When he talked about energy from inside, he used another word. Amen. Are we together? Now, what we are dealing with here is that let me give you the concept of where state power came from. Alright? I've shown you the scriptural concept. Well, let me explain it to you based on definition. Now, the concept of state power came from the fact that in motor engines, alright, motor driven equipment, they have what they call starting power different from staying power. Alright? Now, Another word for staying power is what we call running power. Okay? That when you want to start some of those motor-driven um, equipment, the smallest of them may be a refrigerator, or, you know, that the initial power you need to start it might be very high, but is needed for a short time. Are you understanding me? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Let's assume the wattage. That's why you see that when they have an equipment, they will write behind maximum wattage and minimum. That maximum is that that's what will be needed to maybe start it. Are we together? And so you might need, let's suppose it's 100 watts. Of course, it will be more than that. But 100 watts to start it. But after 10, 20 seconds, it falls back and all it might need is 75 to run. But we need that 75 to run forever. Amen. But it just needs a hundred for a short time to start. Am I communicating? Now, based on the concept of starting power and staying power, there are many ministers that generate starting power, but they don't have staying power. Amen. So, ah, say so we want to start ministry. Hey, hey, we're in 20 days fasting to start. Are you understanding me? <laughs> Glory to God. Oh, we, we want to, we want to, we want to. And they do everything. And then, boom, the thing starts. One year, two years later, Ah, man. Sir, what if someone is not sure if he's called? <laughs> you know, you know, those, those questions start coming. You understand that? Okay? And what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? So, my definition. Staying power is the ability to press on. Staying power is perseverance. Staying power is being Persistently consistent. I take that again. The ability to press on. Perseverance. Being persistently consistent. Let me tell you something. Ministry is not a short distance race. It's a marathon. If you use the energy of 100 meters to do ministry. <laughs> Amen. You know there's energy of 100 meters. If you want to run 100 meters. One, two. You put all your energy. Ah, 100. 
You don't need to run marathon like that. Amen. When you are running a marathon, you start. The important thing is steady. Amen. It's being steady. That you don't stop running. That's the important thing. That you don't stop running. Alright? You don't stop running. Have you seen those long distance cross country races, especially the ones in the Olympics, that all those Eastern African countries always win? (laughs) Have you seen those ones? You need to see those guys. The guy is running at, let's assume he's running at uh, um, maybe 10 meters per, no, per second will be too fast. But, uh, let's, you know, let's just say he's running at 1 meter per second. Alright? Let's assume. He will maintain that speed throughout the race. You might see some people that might even be like, oh, oh, oh. I, I've seen cases where the person has run far ahead. It's even like 400 meters ahead of the guy that won the race. Are you understanding me? 400 meters ahead. He thinks that by running very far means he will win. Are you understanding me? But this guy, he knows this game. He understands. Amen. He understands. That let us run with patience. The race that is said before us. Amen. Amen. So, he's just going steady. He's just going steady. He's just going steady. They will come. First lap. He's still that way. He might be number 14. You understand that? Uh, second lap. He's still that way. He's not moving. By the time they go third lap, the person that was running, has, you just see him on the ground. They're putting something in his mouth. I, 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 he's out. Glory to God. He's out. This guy will be steady. He will pass. Look at him. Continue his journey. Are you understanding me? That's how you should do ministry. His focus is not who the crowd is applauding at the beginning. His focus is who we finish and finish well. So, if, you, if I don't establish that concept first, that ministry is not a short distance race. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. That's why you could be doing something. It's five years later, eight years later, ten years later that, boom, something will break. But you will stay there. You will stay with it. Amen. Now, let me explain something to you. You know, we all pray for impartations. And um, it's important for us to understand something about impartations. Impartations will do so much for your ministry. But impartations will not change the fact that ministry is a marathon. They were doing um, a study on churches that have phenomenal growth. You know, most of churches were in America. So, and um, some of them, maybe when they say uh, they've had phenomenal growth. 20,000, 30,000, you know. 
and they were far below that. And then they found out something about, they started, um, they started trying to profile the people that led that transition into the phenomenal growth. What was it about them? Okay? There are some that were quiet. Some were outspoken. Some were fat. Some were slim. <laughs> some were uh, uh, Hispanic. Some were Caucasian. So that's they, they varied. But one thing they found consistent with all of them was that all of them were people that entered ministry and had the mindset that they would be here for life. That they came to do that pastoral work. All of them, maybe one way or the interview. So uh, in this city you are in now, um, or this church you are in, how long are you going to say, no, I'm going to be... Um, they were, they are all people that were willing to spend their lifetime in that church. That those that came in like thinking that I will be here for one year or two years, they never had phenomenal growth. That's what they discovered. I want to ask you, are you in ministry for the long haul? Or you're on your way somewhere, you pass through ministry. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Yes, Anna. And if this mindset is not first in place, then we can't even be talking about the other things we want to talk about. Lift your right hand. Say in the name of Jesus. I'm in the ministry for the long haul. Amen. Amen. Very important. Very important. So you understand what steam power is? The ability to press on. Now, um, we have several examples in scripture. And before I begin to pull out the examples, I'd like to just say this. You cannot do ministry and not have some kind of opposition or challenge. Praise God. Are we together? In Philippians chapter 3 verse 13, Paul made a statement. The statement in itself this is instructive, you know. Philippians 3.13 I'll come back to Colossians 1.11. He said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Then verse 14. Let's read together. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I just want to focus on the part where he said, I press. You know, English words are all, the, the, the etymology of words, you can trace the root of a word. Pressure comes from press. Amen. So, why is he pressing? That means something is resisting him. Amen. It is I float toward the mark. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Are we together? I press. That means I'm trying to go forward. I'm getting resistance, but I've made up my mind to go forward. Don't take lightly the statement of I press. My prayer for you is that you will press. And that you will keep pressing. So 
So Paul said, I press. If Paul pressed, Pastor Emeka, you will press. Amen. <laughs> I don't know your name. You will press. Amen. Evangelist, you will press. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Meaning that there was a focus. And as he's trying to reach it, it's looking like something is not allowing him to reach it. So he did what? He pressed. Read Paul's story. Paul's story, entire story, did not happen in one day. Look at his testimony in Galatians. He'll say, after 12 years, after this year, uh, 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 you were that long in ministry. Amen. I was talking to someone one time and I said, see, there are some things that you shouldn't be so loud about until you've proven them. You know? And it was just a candid advice. He said, look, you shouldn't be so loud about certain things until you've proven them. And um, it's important. It's important. A knowledge that has not been tested is a knowledge that should be questioned. Did you hear me? A knowledge that has not been tested should be questioned. Someone can sit and say, well, this is how to do this, this is how to do that, this is how to do that. Until you put it to work, you don't even know whether it will work. You have some young men today over social media telling others how a church is supposed to run. Go and run your own church like that first. Run it for ten years. Amen. Not that yesterday you read one book of a grace message, you know, you think you have known everything. Amen. Are you understanding me? No, 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 no. This is how the church was. Go and run your church like Run it 10 years. Don't talk to anybody. Run it 20 years. Then when you speak, Some people want to be regarded for what they know rather than what they have proven. Amen. So as ministers, we will press. Now, I want to believe that every minister really wants to press. But sometimes... It seems like that energy from within is not there. Oh, I, 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 I've had times where I talked with pastors that you know that they love the Lord. Are you understanding me? And say, I said somebody, loving the Lord is not enough. Amen. <laughs> they love the Lord. Yes, that. Well, I love the Lord. And they find that loving the Lord, nobody cares whether you love the Lord. Amen. You see, brethren, even going to a church of a man that doesn't love the Lord. <laughs> and you know he does not love the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Alright. And then I see to some of them, and they begin to talk. Maybe the experiences they've had in ministry. Some kind of things have happened to them. You know, that you might not be able to explain why those things happened to them. 
But it happened to them all the same. And you can't take it from them that it happened to them. Oh, this one happened, this one happened, this one. And they've lost that drive to continue. They've become weakened from inside. The word is that they are discouraged. Are you understanding me? They're discouraged. I never forget the story of this young minister that told me about how being successful people and people that are not successful. What's the difference between them? And then someone answered it in a way that I agree with. He said what he has observed about successful people, they're always thinking about what they want. While unsuccessful people are always thinking about what they don't want. Did you get that? Are you understanding me? Huh? They're always thinking about what they don't want. <laughs> he said, but some people are always thinking about what they want. Their mind is on what the goal, not the challenge. Amen. That thing that God has put in your heart is more important than whatever challenge you're facing. Let me digress a bit. You know, sometimes you see pastors that even have a congregation already. You have people that you minister to on a regular basis. And then they keep making this mistake, which I would just, is, this is just to help somebody. Some don't know it's a mistake. But let me tell you. Number one, is that you are preaching to people that are not in your church. I will explain what I mean. You know, Let's suppose you were a pastor. That happens a lot to one, campus pastors, former campus pastors that become residents of ministries. It also happens to people that left a denomination to start their own church. Amen. What happens is that in that place, maybe they didn't believe in your calling. Are you understanding me? Or when you're on campus, you were trying to prove that you know scripture. Are you understanding me? Now you have left campus, you are now pastoring people that already believe that you know scripture. You are still trying to prove to them that you believe you know scripture. Instead of teaching them the word of God. Are you understand what I'm saying? That's a big mistake. I don't forget what I'm saying. It's a big mistake. So you are preaching to people that are no more in your life. Are you understanding me? Maybe you had a quarrel with your... Maybe you were in a, one of the campus denominational groups. You had a quarrel with them to prove that you are a teacher of the word. So every time you come, you are always trying to prove to your people that you are a teacher of the word. <laughs> but the person that's quarreling with you is no more in your church. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but he has shaped forever how your ministry is running. Are you understanding me? The second mistake people make is that they focus on the problems. Let me give an example. Let's suppose you have a congregation of 10 members or 20 members in your church. And there's one member that always comes late. Out of the 20. Don't preach late coming because of one member. Are you understanding me? You just say, five fractures with the destiny of the one that comes late. <laughs> you know when some pastor's title message, even you will be afraid. <laughs> you understand that? And all I was because of one person that came late. Then the other side, I wonder, what happened? What happened? Fracture number one. <laughs> you understand that? It's one person. 
Now, there are different challenges a pastor will meet. You could be in a congregation where your people have not understood about giving, maybe evangelism, soul winning, whatever. If it's a general problem, it's different. But when it is one person's issue or two, the people are few, you can call them aside and address them separately. You don't make it a congregational affair. Am I communicating? I found out that there are some things that might even be going on in the church that might not be what you expect. But everybody doesn't know what's going on. It's the day you said it. <laughs> or the poopy that everybody said, eh. I remember years back, you know, there's this young man that came to church and he just loved the things of God. And if they're doing anything, you know, if they're doing anything in their small group, he wants to participate financially. Oh, what, what can I give? You understand that? He will give another. Until one day, when I said, Some of you don't like giving yourself, you know, say, hey, Are there people that don't used to give? <laughs> Is it possible not to give him to say, Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> are you understanding me? So, don't make that mistake. Amen. Alright? What God has placed in your heart to teach, teach them. Don't generalize a local issue. Amen. Is that understood? Alright, let's get back to where we're. So, I press. Say, I press. Say again, I press. Alright, I gave you a definition. I said, staying power is the ability to press on. It is perseverance. It is being persistently consistent. I use the analogy of starting power versus staying power. Praise God. I'll go back to my scripture in Colossians 1. Verse 11. He said, strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Let me say this, first of all. You know, some, some new generation believers don't like the word patience. But whether you like it or not, there is a word called patience. <laughs> because there is a virtue called patience. As a matter of fact, what God did for us was that it is part of the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. That means He put patience in your spirits. You are patient. Amen. You have it. Now, the question is, you might not have used it, but you have it. And I was trying to talk about patience some time ago. And I explained that... <coughs> excuse me. If God expected every process, spiritual process to be fast, there would not have been any need for patience. 
For the fact that there is patience means that God knows that some processes are slow. So, what is patience? It is your attitude through the process. The attitude through the process. The spirit-approved attitude through the process. Patience. It's not all waiting that is patience. There are people that are waiting in frustration. It doesn't mean they are patient. Are you understanding me? There's nothing you can do. God says he's going to bless me. Bless me. God says I'm going to blow. I'm not blown. <laughs> yes, sir. yes sir. Okay now. Okay now. Okay now. That's not patience. Amen. So Paul said that when he was praying for the Colossian church, one of the prayers he prayed for them is all we're reading. That they'll be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. That means that they will go through the process, but they will stay joyful while they are waiting. And my prayer for you today, and when we're talking about staying power, is that you be joyful in the process. It takes time to build people. It takes time to raise people. Raise people is not just, you just sat them down now. You just say, okay, you know, so, so you just say, okay, um, I'm going to give them um, seven keys to spiritual maturity. And you finish seven keys in, in, in six hours, then they are spiritually mature. You are joking. You have even made them more immature. Because now they feel that they know everything. <laughs> Amen. I just, you have finished teaching us everything now. <laughs> what again is remaining? <laughs> Amen. No, no, no. It takes time. Just like it takes time to raise a child. You gave birth to a child. You cannot expect him to act like a 10 year old after 10 hours. You allow him grow. Amen. There's process. Imagine your child is trying to walk. You know, you are looking at a child. You are wasting my time. Oh, do I'm, I'm going to be bringing money for me in this house? Are you understanding me? <laughs> Will someone not say something is wrong with you? That's how some of us have expectations <laughs> that don't line up with Scripture. You have not fed the believers, but you want them to grow. Even if you fed them, you've not fed them long enough for them to manifest those things. Now, let me explain something to you. There are times where God brings people into your work that might have been taught something or raised somewhere else. Hallelujah. And then they come to help you. Are we together? That happens. But it doesn't mean that you will jump all your processes. No. You will still go through process. Your own process. Hallelujah. And I, I love when ministers go through process. You know, because there are certain things that you can't learn just by reading. You have to learn over time. Now, there's what I used to call initial success. Everybody say initial success. 
I call it initial because you know, someone might start out something. Maybe you started an itinerary ministry or started a church. It could even be a business. And then, you know, when you are at that beginning stage where things are moving, things are moving. Maybe you just got a haul. Wow. Testimony. I just got a haul. I just got an equipment. Wow. Five people came into the church. Wow. That phase will run out. Then another phase will come. A lot of times what happens to young people is that in that phase they become proud. Are we together? They lose track of what actually is even sustaining that. Amen. So, okay, um, um, five people, ten, twenty people start coming in, you know. <laughs> um, I don't know, I should say this. Years back when we were finishing from campus ministry, there were a group of young guys that were, they came in about the time we were leaving. And I believe they were anointed, you know, gifted guys. But they had a wrong orientation of what ministry was. And I, I love the Lord. He has a way of helping your orientation. There are some sufferings that bring sense. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I, they just bring sense to you. you just bring sense. Have you, have you met a minister that was talking nonsense before? Now he's making sense. <laughs> you understand that? Are you like, you know that God has corrected him. <laughs> Amen. Nobody corrected him. God corrected him. So, these young men, we're having an issue with another minister that is a friend of mine. And um, so, I was just trying to mediate. And I said, in trying to settle them, they now made a statement that made me know that they didn't understand. They said, after all, and I'm there, what have you even achieved? We will outdo you in one semester. So I made a statement. I said, it's when you are finishing that you will recognize that we have done something. I know he didn't understand it at that time. But he understood it later. I said, it's when you are finishing from this school, you will know that we have done something. Because there are a group of guys. One said that there's a hall they call MBA 1. I think I see 400 or 500 people. I'm not sure now. He said he will pack it out in one semester. And he started using the place. <laughs> until he left the school. <laughs> I'm not sure he was packing out the front, the front line. Amen. <laughs> Am I communicating? Because he didn't understand. Okay? So, I was talking to this young man. I said... Is when we're leaving, you will understand that. So we left. Most of those fellows didn't even finish. They were still in the university. When the works they started, ended. Are you understanding me? So I've been in town two, three years after. And then this guy came to see me. I remember one Sunday, you know, he came to see me. 
And um, oh, how are you? I, I've not seen him for a long time. So how are you? How are you? He said, uh, Pastor, when he came that time, eh, I knew that something has changed. <laughs> are you understanding me? <laughs> something has changed. You understand? He said, that same. He has met ministry. You understand? <laughs> yes, there's, there's place they call ministry. He has met him. <laughs> he has met ministry. Amen. So he came, he sat down. He waited. You understand that? I was even trying to say, okay, what should he say? No, I'll wait. <laughs> he waited with Sasha. He said, um, how do you. I will never forget it. How do you. All these people that are coming, how do you keep them that they keep coming? <laughs> so I said, I, I, I don't understand. He said, because I don't even know again. <laughs> If you don't get to the point where you say, I don't know you again, you're not ready to learn. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. I don't, I, I don't even know you again. Am I complicated? He had a wrong orientation about ministry. So that initial success becomes a challenge. Let me explain something to you. If you were doing 10 members, you have 50. It's still initial success. If you are doing 50, you now have 200. It's still initial success. The day you allow yourself get to a place where you think, you know, I'm not talking down on any ministry and I cannot. But one of the challenges that ministry in southern Nigeria had before the likes of Pastor Ebiomir came and all that was that they arrived too early. Are you understanding me? They arrived too early. There's a time up till maybe the year 2000 or 2001, there was no church larger than 5,000 in Port Harcourt. But on one street in Lagos, one street, you have five churches that are 5,000. And those guys there did not feel they have arrived. Are you understanding me? So God has to raise some men to wake everybody up. Amen. So don't be here and arrive early. I remember some of you were here when I was here being one minister, you know. And I have authority to hear him. Amen. <laughs> you know. Um, I actually heard the story, you know, from someone. He has eight members in his church. And they're all his protocol. Amen. They're all his protocol. Two in front, two by the side, two there. Instead of car convoy, they do trekking convoy. He doesn't have a cow. <laughs> As he's walking on the road, he'll be walking with him. That's not ministry. <laughs> Amen. That's not ministry. That one has already arrived, though. In his heart, he's a cathedral. <laughs> he, has, he, has, he has arrived. <laughs> you know, the Lord might soon call him home. You have finished your ministry. <laughs> Come. <laughs> Amen. Are you understanding me? Yes. 
Because maybe that's what he's looking for. But let me explain something to you. Let there be a hunger in your heart for more. Let me put it better. For all. Don't allow the initial success syndrome catch up with you. There are relationships that have helped you. Keep them on. Amen. Respect them. Because after a while, what will happen is that it will look like, you know, and that happens to everybody. It will look like you're on your own at a point. Amen? You're on your own. For sake of time, let me run further. Now, say stay in power. Say again, stay in power. The story of the wise virgin, virgins and the foolish virgins gives us insights on staying power. Hallelujah. You find that story in Matthew 25 from verse 1 to 13. They were going for a wedding ceremony. And they said there were five virgins that were wise and five virgins that were foolish. They took lambs. Five wise virgins took lambs. Five wise virgins and the foolish ones also took lambs. Now, the issue is that in the lamp there is oil. In the lamp of the foolish there is oil. In the lamp of the wise there is oil. Why were they called Foolish. Because the wise ones took extra. Because they knew they needed staying power. While the foolish felt like all I need is the grace of God upon my life. Your oil. Amen. But these ones took extra vessel. They had Bishop Edekbo's book. They had Pastor TB's tape. Amen. (laughs) They took extra on the way. Don't do ministry like a foolish virgin. And it says, when it was night, <laughs> their lamps went out. They didn't have extra. Bishop Edelkwam was sharing a story about the last time he visited Papa Hagen. I think he visited him like a year before he passed on. The last time he visited him. So he got to his office. And he saw a book on his table. The book um, um, Papa Higgins was reading. And he looked at the book. It was a T.L. Osborne book. <laughs> Their friends, so he was reading. A year to when he was going home, he was still reading. He had vessels. Of extra oil. Amen. There are books that Kenahigin carried with him almost everywhere. For those who have heard those stories, 
um, what's this lady? Lillian Yeomans. Lillian Yeomans' book. Um, she had quite not so many of the books. Healing from Heaven. Um, um, the other one on. Um, I forgot to title now. Kenneth Hagin carried a copy of that book everywhere he went. Why? Extra way. Amen. Shall we pray it out? I will wait for the leading of the Lord. Let me explain some. Some of the things you are waiting for the leading of the Lord, He has already led you. He's inside that book. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He has led you already. He's inside that tape. Glory to God. Nobody was designed to fulfill ministry without the help of other ministries. Nobody. Nobody was designed to fulfill the fulfill ministry without the help of other ministry. Jesus showed us an example that when he showed up, he went to see John the Baptist. John the Baptist said, ah, even me, I expect to be, you know, they say, no, 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 suffer it to be so for now. To fulfill all righteousness. That means this protocol has to be fulfilled. Amen. Mention anybody that stayed through or is staying through. They will tell you the same thing. They, are, they have extra. Amen. There is a strengthening that comes from other ministries. There is a strengthening that comes from other ministers that are already on ground. Many people didn't even know that maybe someone like Pastor Joseph Prince had any connections with Kenneth E. Hagin or Pastor Benny Hinn or even Kenneth Copeland until recently. Many people didn't know. They said, oh, oh, you know, he's just on his own. He's just, no, there's nobody on his own, no. I am not on my own. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> if you think I'm on my own, you, you're on your own. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Pastor Joseph Prince used to go for Kenny Hagin's camp meetings many years ago. There are some old tapes of Hagin that he said, there's one brother from Singapore, brother Joseph Prince. Joseph, where are you? Yeah, he was in the meeting. Nobody knew him that time. He was attending those meetings. If you check where he's, he's, been, he's maybe still so into those ministries. They interviewed him on a Kenny Copeland program um, when uh, Jeremy Persson, the grandson of um, Kenny Copeland, was the one anchor in the program and they were talking he was on Believer's Voice of Victory Joseph Prince Pastor Joseph Prince and then, while they were speaking they talked about how he had been a financial partner to Copeland would you have known that? so he has been connected to that flow praise God then recently Pastor Benin was talking about him he said that he met, he traveled somewhere, he met Pastor Joseph Prince, you know. And when he met him, he said, Pastor Joseph Prince told him, you are the cause of what I have become. He said, ah, why? How? He said, I met you so, so much, you laid hands on me, and you spoke words to me. He said he didn't even know you had ever impacted his life.
Am I communicating? He didn't know he had departed his life. In the same way also, as I'm mentioning Pastor Benihin, I also tell you that there are people that impacted Pastor Benihin too. Praise God. That you can never tell. I heard Pastor Benihin share this directly by himself about how when he was in Canada, years before he came to America and became the big name, Archbishop Ben Sedausa came to Canada and ministered and ministered to him in that meeting. Years later, he invited Archbishop to his church in the 80s. Then he was pastor in Orlando, Florida. So what I'm trying to explain to you is that everybody has people. Amen. Are we together? Glory to God. Up until recently, even um, Reverend Chris Akilome, you know, some people say, oh, you know, because they couldn't trace where, how, what, what. But he explained, he said, it's even recently, was, it's two years now, is it 2015 or 16, where he gave Ben Sidausa University one billion, and he has given them the money, one billion naira, amen. He gave them, I said one billion, you didn't hear it where, one billion naira, amen. <laughs> That's the B. Yes, to their faculty of engineering. And he has given them the money. It was when he explained in detail, although I already had that information, but that's where it became public notice that he was impacted by Archbishop Benson Dagosa. You want to run and finish. You need extra oil. Amen. Amen. Carry your vessel with you. Yes, nobody's arguing that there is no oil in your lamp. Amen. But carry your vessel with you. Mention anywhere. You will be able to trace. Mention anywhere. I will tell you their family tree. Are you understanding me? Mention. There is every way in which you can trace and say, this is where, this is where, this is where. That's how God designed the, 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 the kingdom. Hallelujah. That's how it's designed. Hallelujah. I want to read two more scriptures and then we'll be done. Praise the Lord. Are you receiving something? Let's look at Luke chapter 22 from verse 43. Jesus also needed staying power to finish what he came to do. You know when Jesus said, he said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. That's John 4.34. And to what? Finish his work. That means that Jesus understood that I didn't just come to start something. Amen. I must finish. And my prayer for everyone here is that we'll finish. Amen. We'll finish. If Paul did not finish, we would not have had hope. But Paul said, I have finished my course. Meaning it's possible to finish. 
So Jesus had a strong desire to finish his work. And did he finish? Yes, he did. But along the way, he needed strength. Amen. Look at what happened here. Jesus was praying. The Bible says, And there appeared, what? An angel unto him from heaven, doing what? Strengthening him. And I'm speaking to you that, because of what you've heard today, you will also have your own experience where, from heaven you'll be strengthened. Some of you, through books, tapes, messages, whatever, you'll be strengthened. And month after month, you will see God's word coming to you, strengthening you all the way. You cannot do ministry without constant strengthening. Now, this is Jesus himself. An angel had to, If he didn't need the strength, why was the angel appearing to strengthen him? Appeared. An angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Look at the next verse. 44. And being in agony, in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. That means the strength helped him to pray through. He prayed more earnestly and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Let me just share this with you and I'll end here. Five breakthrough tips. Amen. Alright? Listen. I call them five breakthrough tips. Number one, pray through. Amen. And as I'm speaking, you will need strength to pray through. There are some things that are going on in your ministry. Maybe, oh, um, 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 you are working on a project. Some people don't allow the, the Holy Ghost to take them to pray through the process. So they have prayed. Are you understanding me? And then some things don't fall out or fall in line or align as they should. E.W. Kenyon said, said this and it's absolutely correct. He said, every failure in the body is a prayer failure. Why? Somebody didn't pray through. I was sharing, my, my younger brother and I were chatting um, last week. He's out of the country, so we're chatting. And um, so I was telling him something that happened, you know. Something happened. Uh, okay. There's someone we both know. So I saw the person <laughs> Okay, let me I have to mention the names. I saw the person the person used to sing it was a known sing music minister for Koza. We all knew the person years back, alright? And the person used to be in Christ Embassy and then moved to Koza. So I've seen the person singing in Koza and we've met in Abuja, you know, and all that. So so recently, my brother is more in touch with the person than I am. Because he's actually my brother's friend. He's a lady. So I now asked, I said, Has she gone back to Christ Embassy? Because her post, now I'm seeing, her post of Pastor Chris, Reverend Tom, are you understanding me? I'm no more seeing, I celebrate you, all those kind of things. You understand that? So, I, was, I, I didn't know, because I was asking, I was like, you know, I, so I asked my brother. And he said, yes, that she's now fully with so-so. So I now told him, I said, I knew it. He said, what am I talking about? So we're chatting, I told him something. I said, in 
I try to remember the year now, what year it was. I had a discussion with Evangelist Owase. Evangelist Owase is one of the regional pastors of Christ in Christ's mercy. And then he told me something. Something happened. So he said to me, he said, you see all these people? They will come back. I didn't understand what he was saying then. No. I just said, Amen. He said, they will come back. Don't worry. And I checked. All of them have come back home. <laughs> so I now told my brother, I said, I now understood what Evange was talking about. Evange had settled their destiny. He was their pastor. He had settled their destiny in prayer. He said, don't worry. They will come back. And I've been counting, you know, I can't mention the names of the people to you for privacy sake. They've all come back. And you know how God does it. He will make me hear that they've come back. Are you understanding me? You know, I'm not, so now I'm not even in touch with them again. You understand that? They will come back. They've come, ah, this, one has, uh, this one is in social place. So, so we just post something maybe on Facebook or someone come and tell me, I met social place here. Say, hey, is it, where does he worship? Say, he's worshiping social. No. Eh? He's worshiping. <laughs> I say, hey. You know, I was counting. This was the last one. They've come back. Listen to me. You will pray through. This same power will strengthen you to pray through. It strengthens Jesus to pray through. Amen. There are some things that it won't just happen because you prayed last week. You will keep praying. You will keep praying. You will keep pushing. You will keep pushing. Amen. If you hear some of these ministries, you hear maybe Winner's Chapel or so, so, how, many, how long they were praying before they started. They used to have what they call power, power house. Power, power house. It was a prayer group. Praying for months before the church started. They prayed through. Praise God. Lift your hand and say, I will pray through. Say again, I will pray through. Amen. There's power to pray through. Pray through. You take that matter, you will stay there. And you know, when you start trying to pray through, distractions will come. So take you out of that place of prayer. So it, it will be a prayer of half measure. No, 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 no. I will pray through. Imagine Elijah praying. Then tell the servant, go and check. The man goes to the rest and says, nothing. He said, I don't tire. Man, I need to watch Big Brother Nigeria. <laughs> Will the rain have come? Do you know he had to stay there seven times? We believe it was seven hours. I just had a minimum. Back and forth, back and forth, seven times before that thing happened. Listen, you will complete your own cycle in praying through. In this praying through, everybody has a cycle. Amen. For specific issues. There are some things that will happen. You just take 30 minutes. It will be settled. There are some things. So after 30 minutes, you never even start. You enter another day. Take one hour. It has still not touched. You take another day. Take another one. It has not entered. Amen. You will be on. Maybe 20, 30 days going. That's the staying power now. You will pray through. Glory to God. And our ministries that are represented here will all pray through. If we want to change our city and change our generation, we have to have ministries that we want pray through. The reason why some communities have not been taken is that people have not prayed through. 
Human beings don't just walk into a place and sit down. They have to be compelled by something. Any, let me see, tell you one thing. That's why if you see true praying churches, they're always large. Even if there's no doctrine. Even if they don't, even if they just come and say, um, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Jesus died for us, so praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise, people are still coming. Why? Because they are compelling people in the place of prayer. You ask some of them, why are you coming here? They will say, why won't I come here? <laughs> Amen. What are you getting here? What kind of question is that? They can't even give you a logical answer. <laughs> Glory to God. Five breakthrough ideas, I said. Number two, think through. Amen. Think through. You know, it's a sad thing to know that a lot of believers don't believe that they should think through things. The scriptures clearly talk about people thinking. Amen. <laughs> if not for anything, even in the New Testament, Philippians 4, it said, Think on these things. <laughs> Amen. It tells you what to think of. That means there's a license to think. Amen. <laughs> Amen. If you read through Joseph the carpenter's life, when the angel visited him, he said, while he thought on these things, that means if his mind was on something else, the angel would not have come. Since his mind was on this thing, the angel came. Amen. So, your church, your ministry, think through what's going on. Amen. I was talking to a pastor one time. I said, ah, you, you, you know, some things happen on your Sunday service. Up until the next Sunday service, you're not sat down to ask questions. You came to church last Sunday. Ten people came to church. You came this other Sunday. Two came instead of ten. Between this Sunday and the next Sunday coming, you've not started to ask, ah, why did eight people not come to church? What happened? You might even ask and discover that somebody stood in front of the church and was telling them, church no day again. Church no day again. They have moved. They have moved. They have moved. I just said that. Think through. Amen. Think through. The message you even want to pre- preach, think through. Amen. The decision, the leadership rearrangement you want to do, think through. There are some people who discover that it's the day you appointed them. <laughs> From that day, you have not had first timers again. You cannot even recognize those things if you are not thinking through. Look at the numbers. Look at what's going on. Be observant. A pastor is a shepherd. A shepherd watches over. He's a watcher. 
So you think through. Number three, breakthrough idea. Walk through. I would say walk. W O R K. You know, um, <laughs> pastoral ministry, there's no room for lazy men in pastoral ministry. There's no room for lazy men or women in pastoral ministry. If it is because you didn't want to walk, you came to pastoral ministry, you made a big mistake. Amen. Amen. You made a big mistake. It's like someone that is running from heat and jumps into a furnace. Are you understanding me? You know? That's it. Walk through. Sometimes you have to sit up, study. You know that study is work. You know that? Study is work. Don't just come on Sunday and say, Praise the Lord! Shout praise the Lord seven times. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Shout Amen seven times. Amen, Amen. Receive, receive. Go home. Amen. Because you didn't walk. No study. You have no substance. Amen. To feed the flock with. Don't wake up on Sunday and manufacture message in, on the, as you are standing in front of the pulpit. You cannot, listen, you cannot successfully pastor people without prepared messages. Look at, see, natural things and spiritual things are similar. Can you raise children on instant meals? You prepare meals. If you want the children to grow, you have to cook food. Are you understanding me? Oh, okay, this is what I'm going to do. You cook. So, the minister, the pastor has to prepare the meal. Arrange your diet. This is what they are going to eat in the morning. This is what they will eat in the afternoon. This is what they will eat in the evening. Then next week, I will dice it. Amen. This, are you understanding me? You prepare the food. You feed them. And that requires work. Amen. You will walk through. There is no message I am teaching on. They have not studied every material available. And, and I mean every. If, when I am doing a subject, I am doing a topic or teaching, everything the scripture says about that thing, I have read it. And I am not saying, I'm, I'm not saying it in, 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 in any exaggeration. I mean it. If I am talking about um, maybe love or faith, Everything the Bible from Genesis to Revelation said about faith, I've studied it. Then I now pick out what I want to teach. So if you come from any angle, I'm ready. I've thought of the questions people will ask. I've thought of the things that people are going through. Then I arrange the message. That's how to prepare. I was talking to my friend. Um, we're having a discussion. Retained the um, last month, so we're talking about something. And I said, I know I've I've pastored for a while now. You know, I've been in ministry for a while now, and I said, there's one thing I've not been able to do, and I would say I've attempted it, but it has never worked for me. I've not been able to repeat someone's message. I've not been able to. Oh, I listen to messages. I study. I've not been able to. I said, and I'm not saying it with any sense of pride or no, 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 no. Don't misunderstand me. I said, I've tried it. Because sometimes I find that 
That's not what my people will need now. But I've learned how to get the messages for my personal consumption. So when I listen to messages, they are for my personal consumption. What I want to teach the people is something that I have cooked. And then I serve it. And that is work. Amen. You will stay awake. You will switch off television. Amen. You will not visit some people. Hours and hours. They were asking um, Bobby Andian. Bobby Andian is um, a pastor in Tulsa. He's the one that wrote one book, One Flesh. It's an old book. He's a word of faith guy. So, Bobby Andan was sharing about how a young minister, and this guy has been missing for a long time, how a young minister asked him, how long does it take you to prepare a message? He said, plus or minus 30 minutes, plus 30 years of experience. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Are we together? So, it might take me a shorter time to prepare a message, but there's accumulated study. Did you get what I'm saying? There's accumulated, I don't mean accumulated, accumulated study that has not stopped. So you're a pastor. Second Timothy 2.15 Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. You will study. Don't just be picking someone somewhere, somewhere and just share with your people. Pick someone somewhere and share with your people. Everybody in your congregation has chicken pox. You are talking about, you are talking about uh, how, how, to, how to take the city. How would they take the city? Amen. <laughs> are you understand what I'm saying? What you are saying doesn't affect what's happening there. They all have chicken pox. Teach them healing and get them healed. Before they take the city. Before the chicken pox take them. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Are we together? So oh, you just went online. You saw that uh, maybe um, Pastor uh, this, uh, Grace Pastor just touched something on. Oh, you are eternally forgiven. You just bring it and touch it. Listen. Even when you receive a message, you digest it. Amen. When it's coming out, it will come out in a way that is relevant. To what and where the church is now. You're wondering where, you know, somebody can be, you, especially you're pastoring young people. Don't just be telling them, uh, 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 you know, that, that, and, and permit me to say this. Now, there's something about big thinking. But big thinking without commensurate understanding of how to translate it is frustration.
if you have a congregation where almost all the people, their parents are taking care of them, you just come. They can be understanding revelation. Pastor, share a new thing again. And I say, okay, I'm going to share today on 11 Greek words. No problem. They are not hungry. Are you understanding me? When they go home, their father will take care of them, their mother will say, When you have people that came with, she had carried the small child in the back, hold the other one in the hand, and came like that. She's selling in the market. You understand that? She just closed shop and came to sit in your church service. You are talking Greek. You say, please, um, I want to expand my, my show. I want to expand now with the Greek. Are you understanding me? Are you listening to me? What Joel Esteen is sharing with his congregation. The experience is not the same with yours. Are you hearing me? These are things nobody will tell you. The experience is not the same with yours. You just come, hey, how? Yeah. Hope is all we need in this life. So we just be crying, just be crying, just be crying. He has house where he's sleeping. It's not your church member that he came from Enugu. He's living in his brother's house. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding me? He's living in his brother's house. He's not, he's not talking about hope now. He's saying, man, I, I define work. Are you understanding me? So you will bring that message to how it is relevant. If you finish teaching and you're not satisfied, pray for them. Bless them. Then counsel them. Are you listening to me? Until you start seeing evident results in their lives. It's work. So don't forget, pray through. Amen. Think through. Walk through. The fourth breakthrough idea. Look through. Now, you know, sometimes you've done something, but we don't go back. Amen. You know, part of the Nigerian problem why we don't ever... Sometimes deliver things excellently well. Nobody inspects. Even some of us do things, we don't go back to check how we're done. But look at the attitude of God. He said, after the third day or after the second day, God saw that it was good. So he looked through. Amen. Every day he would say, and the Lord saw that it was good. So you look through. You look through. You look through. You look through. I come to church sometimes on Sundays. I go and sit at the back and just sit and look around because if I'm coming here to preach, I come out from my office, I come out here and stand. The church staff and uh, all the people walking, they've taken care of the things I will see. <laughs> you understand me? Uh, this, if this one is not working, pastor will complain. Make sure all the things that make pastor complain are fit. But if I sit in the congregation, I will see what the person in the congregation will see that I will not see up there. Are you understanding me? So I go and sit down there. I sit. I see that the chair is doing summer. Why is this chair like this? Are you understanding me? I sit. I see something that I'm not supposed, it's not supposed to be there. I'm looking through. Amen. I'm looking through. I'm coming to the office most of the times in the, in the morning. And then I have a way of passing around and getting to my office. But on purpose, I pass through the hall. I walk through the hall to see if there's something. Maybe I didn't see it yesterday. If I come tomorrow, maybe I will see it. I didn't see it tomorrow. Maybe if I come tomorrow again, I will see it. Sometimes it takes four or five times before I will see something. Why is that thing like that? You know, the way a visitor sees, even from how someone in the house sees. Are you understanding me? Some of you can stay in your church for so long that you're not even seeing anything wrong again. You understand that? You're even preaching. The fan, the fan is 
you are preaching like this. You are preaching like this. It's blowing to cut your head. You are preaching. It's not, it's not mad to you. It's not mad to you. But somebody is wondering, say, this pastor will soon die. The father will cut his head. You know what I mean? But to you, it's normal. <laughs> I've entered places where the place is smelling. But everybody's always saying, ah, Hallelujah. And I wonder how they're opening their mouth in this place. The whole place is smelling. But they've been, they've become blended with the smell by looking through, you will not blend with mediocrity. Amen. So you keep looking through. No matter what you have done, you go back and look through. You go back and look through. If you employ somebody, look through. See, I used to tell pastors, don't be sentimental about employment and sacking. It's the will of God for you to employ and sometimes to sack. Amen. If you have to sack somebody, sack them. The grace of the Lord is sufficient for them and you. Amen. <laughs> yes. Don't be sentimental. Someone made a statement and he said something. Whether it's Apple, not, um, let's use business, businesses or church, whatever it is, any organization. Apart from the vision and the leader of the organization, the next most important thing is the team you are working with. Did you hear me? Apart from the vision of ministry and who is the leader, the next most important thing is the team you are working with. If the team is wrong, sorry. So you keep looking through your team, looking through your team, looking through your team. If you have to change people, change them. Number five, breakthrough idea. Stay through. Amen. So what's the first one? Pray through. What's the second one? Think through. What's the third one? Walk through. What's the fourth one? Look through. And the fifth one, stay through. And that brings us back to staying power. Stay. You stay. You stay. Many things will come. You know, there are some people that this month, you know, the Lord had laid on your heart. <laughs> you know, maybe as you're entering this year, the Lord laid on your heart that you should do prayer meetings one day in a month. You did it the first day, the first month, you did it the second month, the third month. As the second month you were praying, you now went somewhere that doing business something. Say, is it thing I'm supposed to do? <laughs> you change. In the third month now, you do, you do business. You know? In the third month, you are doing business. Fourth month, you did the business. Then, in the business, you saw that, no, 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 they are doing concert now. It's concert that is being put to church. In the fifth, the fifth month, you start concert. Abba. Some things need time before they show. Amen. Are we together? They need time before they show. So, you give it that time. You stay through with it. If God has committed something to your hand or your heart, stay with it over time. As long as you are sure that God committed it to you, stay through. There are some things you will do. It's even the 10th time, the 15th time that it will yield. Pastor Boji was sharing this testimony. I'll end with this. He was talking about how, um, I'm trying to remember the number of times now, um, how they were to start television ministry. Television ministry. So, the Lord laid on his heart. Um, to start TV ministry and that TV ministry was the beginning of most of what we know today and then he just gathered money and gathered videos and sent it to the television station um, I'm trying to remember whether it was 13 because I think a quarter is 13 weeks so I think it was th um, uh, uh, it's not less than 13 
it could be more, but I, I try to remember the number he said, but I think it was 13. He said, so there are 13 videos he had sent. He didn't know how he was going to pay for the next 13. You have to pay for the 13 together. He didn't know how he was going to pay for the next 13. He said, they shot the first video, the second one, the third one. Nobody called him on TV. Nobody is supporting him. Nobody is going to say, oh, we are so blessed. Maybe apart from church members. Fifth one, sixth one, eighth one, ninth, tenth. is the thirteenth one. The last one that a man watched and called. I said, well, I like this program. I will sponsor the next one. The thirteenth one. What if he had pulled it out at number twelve? Your own thirteenth one will come. So you stay through. Amen. You stay through. You stay through. Now this also comes to relationships. Amen. Relationships with people that God has called you to be in relationship with. You cannot be in relationship with everybody. There are some ministers, me and them, will never meet in this life. And they will be fine and I will be fine. Are you understanding me? But there are some ministers that we must meet. If not, they will not be fine and I might not be fine. Are you understanding me? Now, it's left for me to understand the path that God has ordained for me to meet and for the path that will cross. And now, when God leads me to those people, it's my responsibility to ensure that I stay through with those relationships. I see some young ministers sometimes, they don't even understand some things. Now, if God told you to follow Pastor TV, for example, I'm not the one that will be looking for you. No, I won't be looking for you. God did not tell me to look for you. He said you should follow me. That means I'll be the one that you'll be looking for. Amen. Are you getting the picture? If God told you to follow somebody, you are the one to look for him. If you don't see him where you saw him again, you go and look for him. Amen. <laughs> are you understanding me? You are the one to look for him. And some people don't understand that. There are people that we have to maintain relationship with no matter what. We stay through the relationship. Some things might not happen, now, happen the way you expect them to happen. Are you with me? There are people that have been around ministers that... Okay, let's use the story of Elisha and Elijah. Elisha... Do you think Elijah was making it easy for Elisha to follow him? Some of you, if you had a, 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 a spiritual father or a mentor like Eli- Elijah, you would have sacked him long ago. But if you sacked him, you sack yourself. Amen. Are we together? What was Elijah? Elijah, Elijah didn't even have, you know, what I call, there's no courtesy about Elijah. Everything was brutal. Amen. Now, Elijah, that was taking care of yoke of oxen. He said he was on the twelfth one. That means he had several. He was wealthy. Are you understanding me? He abandoned something like that. Elijah was passing. Saw him and put his cloak on him. Meaning he knew the leading of the spirit. This is the guy. Look, he put it on him and kept going. Then the, he saw what the guy was doing. You know he came out of mobile. Amen. Are you understanding me? He came out of... Are you getting... You know what kind of job he was in. He abandoned it. Then said, following you. Amen. He followed for small meeting. He followed for this one. He followed for... He said, why are you following me? Must you be in any meeting I am in? He said, God told me to follow you. He said, that's your business. He gets to Bethel, Gilgal, Jordan, uh, Jericho, Jordan. All the way. Do you know, Elijah kept telling him, go back. Go back. There's never time you just say, you have tried. Say, go back. You know, some people always want, you know, say, God led me to follow someone. You want the person to always commend you. Well done for following me. No, it's God that will tell you well done. <laughs> Amen. Are you listening to me? 
It's God that will tell you well done. If God led you to follow someone, stay through. You will fight to stay through. Because if the devil knows that that relationship will be a blessing to you, he will always put a wedge in the way of that relationship. Are you listening to me? He will always put a wedge in the way. Ah, I remember there are places we've carried seed to. Ministries or relationships that are for our blessing. I've met people there that were frustrated. Are you understanding me? You know why? You came with your money. You came to sow one million naira. You are in the line. You can be in the line. They'll tell you, come back tomorrow. They say, can I drop the money? They say, no, go with the money. They're not looking for your money. They say, go with the money. You can bring it tomorrow. You'll come tomorrow. You'll line up again. Pastor Sam Ademi was sharing a testimony about how he had an appointment. He met Pastor um, Bishop David Eripo on the way. Oh, Bishop, uh, he tried to get an appointment with him. He said, come, come over. Come over and see me. He went all the way to see him. He said, in his life, he has never waited like that for anybody. He got there in the morning. Bishop didn't see him till 3 p.m., 4 p.m. They said, Bishop will not see you today. He came back home. Eight hours gone. He came back the next day, waited through again. He said, he's not going back again. His wife was the one saying, no, no, you cannot do like that. He said, he's not going back there again. He's not going back there again. You understand that? And he didn't see Bishop for a long time until they met at the airport. And then Bishop was passing, hey, my son, how are you? How are you? Where have you been? Come and see me now. <laughs> you understand that? <laughs> you understand that? And he saw that genuinely, the man didn't even know that he came. Are you understanding me? He said, come and see me. Why have you not come to see me? Then he went again. Are you understanding me? Now, let me explain to you. There are some people you will pursue. It will be difficult, but God knows that that is part of your training. Amen. Are we together? You will stay through with that relationship no matter what. I've gone with one million naira to sow seed. Collect the money now, younger. <laughs> are you understanding me? Ah. So, um, because they are that came with 10 million. They are that came with 20 million. What's your one million? So when can I come back? Uh, call us next week. Then you go. Next week you will call. Um, okay, you are the one. I'll call you back. I'll call you back. They don't call you back. Then you call again. They say, um, find time and come. Uh, let's see what we can do. You will hold out your money. I've held money that was seed I was supposed to sow for months. But you know that God has told you to stay through with that relationship. Amen. And that's what a lot of young people don't understand in this day and age. He's not even picking my call. I won't call him again. Don't call him again. What does he need from you? Amen. Are you understanding me? Some people are even beefing. They don't even know you are beefing them. That's the anointing. Are you understanding? They don't even know. Are you understanding? They don't even know. They don't even know. They're just facing doing what? Somebody sent me a message yesterday. It's a young man, you know. He had posted something some time back, you know, and sent me a message. So, yesterday night, um, as I got home, I was trying to eat, I think. And um, I, I saw that I had a message, so I'll check it later. Then this thing beeped again, beeped again, beeped again, like three or four messages. I finished, I later got back, I was arranging myself for the night, then I said, let me just read. And I see how somebody just sucked himself. He says, uh, I am so, 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 so. 
Then he asks a question. I want to find out if you are so, 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 so. Second post. Third post. Please answer me now. Because I like, maybe wants to follow me. Answer me now. Fourth post. He's like, you don't want to answer me. Bye bye. <laughs> are you understanding? And now the point is that I didn't see the first second. I just saw all of them together. Are you understanding me? So if I'd even seen the first, I would have responded. But it was good I didn't see it until the last because it's not what someone I should be responding to. Are you listening to me? Everybody here has relationships that God laid on your heart. Stay through with them. Stay through with them. Fight to stay through with them. If the people in that relationship are angry with you, don't respond by being angry with them. <laughs> you will not be angry with me. Read your scripture now. Read your scripture. Put up Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. We'll, we'll close now. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. You see that scripture? It's not just talking about pastors. It's talking about people that God has placed over your life. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. He said, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with what? With joy and not with grief. The last part is what I, I, I'm emphasizing. For what? For that is unprofitable for you. So don't allow them to be offended at you. Amen. Praise God. People will go and look for them. You have waited for a long time. Then I say, oh, I hope you are. Are you, you, are, are you angry? You cannot say, yes, so I'm angry. I've waited for a long time. So how can I be? Am I mad? I cannot be angry. <laughs> Praise God. I cannot be angry. They put with own seats too, and we didn't even see them. Are you listening to me? We can't even see them. When it's a Bynum talked about how she went for Dr. Crofflodollar's meeting. How many of you know why it's a Bynum? And great, known in America, great woman of God. And then she said that she was in a meeting. It laid on her heart that she should sow her last $10,000. Of her ministry into to Crefford Dollar. At that time in her life, that was the last they had. She emptied, wrote the check, emptied the ministry account, $10,000, and sent to Crefford Dollar. As the service was over, she just wanted to have a handshake with him. Protocol did not allow her. She said, Ah, someone that gave $10,000, they will not allow me to shake the man's hand. Protocol just, Who are you? Who is my interbinum? Yes, Anna. What, what do you say your name is again? <laughs> you know, America is so big. Yes, so what do you say your name is again? The careful had gone. She said she was offended. And she said, no, don't be offended. Don't be offended. You have sown your seed. And she received. Amen. Is it the handshake you want? Or to have your seed multiplied and the fruits of your righteousness increased? Amen. 
The Pope sends it to who never had handshake with them. Amen. Some they even call back. Are you understanding me? There's some called. Some they call back. But it doesn't change anything. We see so as it's. Amen. Because God has assigned us to stay through with those relationships. Praise the Lord. There is no minister in this country or around the world that the Spirit of God has led us to be committed to the relationship that will not sense it. Amen. And we stay through with the relationships. We stay through relationships. Hallelujah. We fight to stay through relationships. Sometimes it's not convenient. It's not convenient at all. But we fight to stay through relationships. Rise to your feet. Lift up your offerings everywhere and thank Him. Father, we bless you. We thank you for your kindness. To- thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faith to